Hello, I'm Campbell. And I'm Holly. And welcome to Get With The Programme, the podcast about TV for people who like TV. If you don't like TV, please switch off now. Yeah, you've probably got better things to do. Um, unless you love TV, in which case, sit down and enjoy. Get this in your ears. Yeah, get a cup of coffee. Unless you're out and about. You, you could also get a cup of coffee. Yeah. Just get comfortable. Enjoy. Get in your happy place. Uh... This week, uh, I'm talking to uh, Kate Collier, who is creative director at The Garden Productions, and we had a really lovely chat about uh, the world documentaries. But in the meantime, I think Campbell has some quite urgent reminders. I'm going to do what hopefully will sound like a drum roll. You've got one week. One week. If you want to get involved with what we're all about, which is the two talent schemes we run, the network and one to watch you have one week and don't panic don't think oh my god I need more than one week to do this you do not need more than one week I think you need like one or two kind of focused hours to kind of sit down read the questions through digest mm-hmm. it and give it your best shot none of the questions on there should fox you or you know all that stuff should just be easy off the top of your head it's real it should be fun it could be a nice journey of self-discovery for yourself answering those questions they are, they're great. So do go to tvtalentschemes.co.uk. If you're applying for the network, go to our network section. There are FAQs, there's tips on how to apply. If even after reading all that exhaustive information, you've still got queries, you're still thinking you're not sure about, drop us an email at talentschemes at the, fest- at the festival. <laughs> there, are, there are other festivals at the TV festivals. That's talentschemes at the tvfestival.com. Drop us a line and we'll be able to help you. This for either scheme could be could be life changing could be the making of you and I know we're saying this but it, re- it really is and we really hope you do apply and we are genuinely looking forward to reading your applications so make a big change for 2018 you have one week left yeah. to do it and that's the same for Wants to Watch um, or Senior Talent Scheme as well so don't rest on your laurels if you're on a shoot if you're working away to a deadline don't put it off get it done you, you will feel so much better about yourself and if you are applying for wants to watch you will be thinking yeah but what kind of people do you want to watch like what do they end up doing well this week's guest Kate Collier for a start yes so if you see yourself as the creative director of one of probably the biggest documentary com- companies in the UK then wants to watch could be the start of that amazing journey for you uh, Kate and I had a chat about all sorts of different types of storytelling and how she got into TV via The One Show and working in uh, BBC in Birmingham and also the fact that she is now working with someone that she really admired when she was growing up, uh, which is a great place to be and somewhere that you too could get to if you apply for the schemes. So we'll see you next week when hopefully you'll have done that application. Yeah, and if you haven't, like, don't even bother downloading this podcast. We'll be so disappointed. We're joking. You don't have to. You could just be enjoying these chats. And if you are, please do rate and review and subscribe. And as Holly says, we'll see you next week. Um, so I'm going to kick straight off with the first question and ask what was the programme that made you want to work in TV? So I've been thinking about this a lot because uh, it was probably pretty much everything that was on in the 90s because I was a totally TV obsessed kid uh, and got in endless trouble with my parents for doing very little else. But I think it would be the programmes that first 
um, felt like proper events and maybe had something of the infrastructure of making television yeah. on screen. So I I thought of um, Big Brother and uh, mm. TFI Friday uh, because they were both things that I remember feeling like an event in my sort of teenage life and week yeah. but also um, whether it was in the diary room or the producer Will that was on screen I was really aware that there was a kind of process of television that um, uh, got them on screen to start with and it felt like something I wanted to be part of yeah. and I think in the documentary space um, again when I was a teenager watching at home rather than even knowing I wanted to be in TV at all I really remember watching something that Nick and Magnus, who I've worked with for a lot of years now, uh, a single film called Kill Me If You Can. Mm, oh, uh, what was that about? It was a retrospective film about um, pre-internet age, really, or early chat room age, about two teenage boys who got into a really weird kind of mutually dependent psychological relationship and wow. one of them ended up convincing the other one to stab himself and the whole thing was retrospective and yeah. uh, kind of built with um, sort of animated visuals and it was just a proper thriller and I thought um, uh, I was sort of bowled over at um, how someone had brought a true story to life in that way that um, sort of kept me gripped and um, there was a film that Fergus O'Brien did um, called The Madness of Dancing Daniel. Mm. I remember watching quite early on in my career as well, yeah. uh, which was about the relationship between a, um, I want to get the right terminology, but a patient, um, sort of a very eccentric personality disorder, I think, patient mm. called Daniel, uh, and his um, uh, doctor, who he called the professor. And uh, I just thought it was a really extraordinary way to kind of humanise mental illness. He was just such an engaging uh, character treated with such warmth yeah. uh, that um, the sort of integrity of Fergus's filmmaking really shone through the screen and I, I found that really inspiring as well. Yeah. So probably a collection of those things. Okay. <laughs> um, when and kind of when you were sort of younger until when you were sort of at that big brother age did you feel like RTV is a career that I can definitely get into like did you know anyone that worked in TV when you were younger? No so I never did and I moved from uh the southeast uh, quite near Stoke-on-Trent when oh. I was about 14 and we definitely were I wasn't surrounded by anyone sort of in the media industries then at all and um, it was only really um, after I'd been to university that I started thinking of uh, TV as something that I'd realistically like to have a stab at yeah. and even then the only things I could sort of conjure up in my brain were almost like regional BBCs and regional news that was um, the, the types of programmes I watched, mm. just I, I had no idea of the avenues to work in that kind of television, yeah. so I ended up working in um, sort of local news and local radio um. to, to get a foot in the door of understanding how the media industry worked. Yeah, and then what was the thing that kind of gave you that sort of step over into the route that you're on to now, kind of working in docs? Um, it was probably the first development team I worked on. I didn't know development was a job. I just couldn't conceive of the fact that people could come up with ideas for a living. That was definitely something I had no concept of, sort of coming into the media industry. Um, so I was a um, junior researcher on the BBC Birmingham development team. Mm. Um, and given a break on that really with uh, no qualifications or experience to do that other than I think um, 
I seemed very sort of passionately obsessed with TV uh, in the interview and yeah. so uh, the lady who was running that at the time Kathy Myers just gave me a sort of instinctual break and then I I just got to learn more about the process and uh, they had big shows on like um, Coast and uh, I developed up all was part of the development process for the one show and oh, did wow. the pilot um, but I sat in the live gallery for the pilot when I was there um, so that really gave me a taste of um, getting a big national programme on air and um, starting to see how that was delivered. Yeah. So and I moved down to London on the back of that um, mm. to get more of those kind of opportunities. Yeah. So that was my first glimpse. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then sort of the, how, how did the one show happen as a concept? Because it's obviously such a sort of bedrock of the BBC now but it must have seemed like a, an unusual kind of uh, choice at the time potentially. Yeah so I, I was obviously very junior at that time so I was way more a kind of passenger yeah. in that process than anything else but I remember Cathy having and Tessa Finch who ran BBC Birmingham having conversations with Peter Fincham I think then about um, Nationwide and mm. uh, the regional news audience and how um, uh, you could build on the loyalty and the sort of passion and the um, sort of in, involvement and ownership that uh, audience had over that kind of local um, regional news time shot, slot and build that into the early evening programming. Yeah. And they'd obviously worked um, with things like Coast with all the local BBC centres sort mm-hmm. of doing different films. So I think there was some of the spirit of that that went into an early evening magazine show but I just um at the time um talking about TFI and Big Brother and things like that um just getting to be in a live gallery I just thought was the most exciting thing uh, that had ever happened because there's nothing quite like that sort of crackle of um the TV you're making going out in that instant and uh, uh definitely gave me a kind of a thirst for I suppose our capacity as program makers to influence um, what people care about and what yeah. they talk about. Yeah, oh, fantastic. And what is the program that you're most proud of working on? Um, I'm proud of lots of things for very different reasons. I think um, some of the things I feel proud of um, right through my career, it sounds like a very worthy answer, but are things where there's been an element of representation of stories that um, uh, might not have otherwise been told that change people's perceptions in some way so um, I AP'd a, a cutting edge called Katie My Beautiful Face with mm-hmm. Katie Piper um, with a brilliant director called Jesse Vasilis um, uh, early on and um, we got to know Katie as she was as a, a really normal girl who something exceptionally sort of tragic had happened to um, but who um, really was just striking for her to sort of maintain or rebuild her own identity as a young woman. And I think that she particularly felt that people just didn't see that when she walked down the street. They saw her as sort of something other entirely. And I think with um, Bedlam that I developed here with um, Amy Flanagan and Zach Beatty at the time as well, uh, and lots of people from around the company, um, but it was a real passion project of Amy's. Um, 
bringing to screen the stories of um, people in the um, South London and Morsley Psychiatric Trust in a way that um, sort of presented them human first and allowed people to get to know them and really engage with their stories. I feel proud of that in a similar light. And uh, just recently um, had a single film on Channel 4 um, called A Summer to Save My Life, um, which um, I had cancer for a few years and have felt really strongly off the back of that that I wanted to represent uh, the stories of people with cancer in a different way um, to is often the kind of presentation of them in the mainstream uh, media, which I suppose comes back to a similar principle of everyone being sort of humans first, labels second, and I think where you can shift people's perceptions in a helpful way to the those who have given you the right to tell their stories. Um, I always feel really proud of that work. Yeah. Um, in a slightly less worthy way, <laughs> um, I was in. Uh, I developed up an idiot abroad with um, oh. uh, Krish Majumda, Dan Goldsack at Mentor, and, and Carl um, Pilkington yeah. from really early doors, and got that um, commissioned on Sky. And uh, it's always just super fun to see a program that you've uh, worked up with its yeah. own billboard and with its with the kind of reach. That, that had and yeah. um, so proud of different things for different reasons um, sort of varying from the kind of slightly more uh, representation and the I suppose the documentarian values to mm -hmm. wow isn't it just really cool yeah. to, have, to have your own billboard <laughs> um, and are there any other programs that you kind of watched recently that you feel are doing a really good job of sort of doing those sort of representational films where people are showing, as you say, as humans first? Um, I thought, um, and it will probably sort of think the question that you said you might ask is, um, what have you been jealous of recently yeah. as well? Um, I thought Exodus was just stunning mm -hmm. um, for so many reasons. One, that it was just the scale and scope and ambition of what they set out to do. Um, was incredible I think the fact that there was an innovation inherent to the way that they told those stories that felt utterly sort of integ integrated with the type of stories that they were telling as the sort of best method to do so um, with the kind of self-shot footage but also um, just the beautiful little girl that they led into the first film with and the sort of guttural response you had to uh, the stories of those people trying to enter our uh, country in just all manner of hellish ways um, uh, just made me think what uh, an amazing piece of television it was and a friend who doesn't work in TV um, said that she took a call from her mum uh, the night after it went out having caught up with it and said oh god I wouldn't have voted for Brexit um, if I'd watched that programme before yeah. and uh, that sort of reminds you of um, I suppose the kind of when it comes to perhaps sort of presenting uh, migrants, human humanity first, yeah. uh, the important role in sort of the uh, the uh, sort of on national consciousness and the events of the country that yeah. um, documentary filmmaking can have. Yeah, it's a real weight of responsibility yeah. there, kind of getting it right. But it's good that we have got amazing sort of people making documentaries like that that are opening up that kind of conversation. And hopefully making people see things slightly differently yeah. before, which is fantastic. And I suppose, you know, if you think of documentary as ultimately an empathy engine, um, the, you know, 
the mantra of um, showing the things we have in common rather than our differences um, yeah. feels really applicable to those kinds of films. Yeah. Um, so we've got a sort of non-TV related question. Um, what is um, the most interesting fact you know about your hometown? Ooh, um, well, I'm so it's a weird one because I'm quite a nomad. I've lived in loads of places. Yeah. Uh, so I currently live in I, I class London as my hometown <laughs> um, because I've lived here as long as I've lived anywhere in my life. Yeah. Um, so I live in Wapping. Um, and the most interesting fact that I know about whopping is that the word whopper comes from whopping oh. because it's where the uh, corpses used to wash up uh, <laughs> uh, on, from the Thames and they were all sort of swollen. And so when a corpse washed up on the banks of the Thames, people used to say, what a whopper. Oh, wow. And that is where the name whopping came from. That's amazing. That's so, quite a grim but fascinating <laughs> fact about Victorian London. I feel like most... Boroughs of London, they will have some grim Victorian related facts yeah. about them, like plague pits. And I know, and we love all that stuff, don't yeah. we? Yeah, oh, it's so. fascinating. It's great. It's nice sort of living in a place that's got that level of history and that you can go around and say, like, oh, that's where you know that person was hung yeah. or that person was buried. I used to live in uh, Smithfield Market as well and uh, was waking up most nights with the clubbers from Fabric shouting freedom outside the William Wallace <laughs> Memorial. So <laughs> I always love living in uh, areas that have that history to them. Yeah, great meat as well on Smithfield Market. <laughs> um, and we sort of touched on it um, with Exodus, but um, are there any other programmes that you really wished that you worked on, either sort of past or present? Uh, so I think the, the programmes that I love in a similar space to um, the brands that we're well known for at the Garden are Gogglebox and uh, First Dates. And I think I've heard both of them described as um, sort of programmes that really make you like people and make you like Britain. And I think Gogglebox in a similar way, um, although just like, Formally, I just love the warmth and the playfulness, and obviously it's a TV review, so it's um, any kind of person who works in development's dream, because it yeah. means that you can uh, sort of know what you think about programmes just through watching the people on Gogglebox yeah. watch them. Um, it um, it does a kind of soft representation job for um, just showing all kinds of um, family setup and people of different sort of cultures, races, um, backgrounds, and ultimately um sort of really beautifully locates the uh thing that we love in those people and um shows that normal people can be uh cleverer funnier um uh more you know more engaging than a lot of us put together and i think it it feels so warm to its cast in that way that i really love it and first dates i just I'm a really hopeless romantic, so there's just a massive, um, like a really beautiful vulnerability to that moment where two people just sit down at a table and are deciding whether they fancy each other or not, yeah. and the fact that those kind of cameras in the restaurant can capture that magic, that little glance, that uh, sort of split second where we can't disguise how we feel in our faces. Yeah. And, um, uh, just what it looks like to actually maybe start falling in love with someone. Uh, I just tune in for that time and time again. Yeah, oh, so, and what are the programs that you're loving watching now? Uh, 
And say, uh, I think I was saying earlier that um, I really, really love watching drama because it gives me, well, I think it does help us sort of me think about um, documentary craft in different storytelling terms, but also it's just nice to get a break from sort of <laughs> analysing the mechanics of how something's been made when you tune into TV. So I loved Tin Star um, recently mm. on Sky um, as a drama. I just thought it was a, like a powerhouse performance by Jim Roth, but um, I loved the sort of British Colombian landscape, um, Total Escapism, uh, really loved um, Stranger Things and The Queen uh, mm-hmm. on the same trip because um, they just so coherently uh, conjure up, um, I suppose, both period worlds that you can lose yourself in and Stranger Things. I was um, brought up on a diet of um, sci-fi and horror films by an older brother so <laughs> I think I just get loads of um, pleasurable nostalgia from that the queen I just think is um, is just a kind of like TV warm bath mm. glass of wine piece of chocolate yeah. you just it's something that you can lose yourself in entirely yeah. um, so I really 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 enjoyed all of those yeah I'm really excited that their second series is coming out like just before Christmas it's going to be perfect, isn't watching. it? Yeah. Yeah, I just want to sort of curl up with a blanket and watch the whole lot in one go. Yeah. And I do think um, uh, those programmes that make you kind of uh, dying for the next hit mm. are definitely the ones that I tune into for pleasure yeah. in my spare time. <laughs> I really love um, uh, sort of entertainment TV as well. Um, I really... I am actually uh, watching The X Factor still with uh, with Ferber. Um, think that now they've got original songs, it's totally shaken it up, and yeah. New Studio is great. And uh, um, my husband despairs that I will still sit through um, every episode of Made in Chelsea. But I think they do a really brilliant job with it um, because I think. Uh, Perhaps if we were documentary makers, we would have been like, oh, it's really, really hard to get to that cast of posh young people and get them to really open up about being wealthy. Um, but in the kind of fabric of a beautifully shot um, constructed reality series, they've done that and they do it brilliantly, sort of week in, week out. And um, I'm just a big fan of Jamie Biscuit. <laughs> so, uh, so I've got really eclectic TV taste. And have you got anything kind of queued up that you're really excited about watching next that you've saved up to watch soon? Um, probably I'm looking forward to tuning into Mindhunter. I hear that's really yes. good. Yeah. David Same. Fincher, isn't yeah. it? Um, uh, I've always loved his film work, so probably that. Um, looking forward to some um, uh, new hits of um, British dramas coming down the tracks. So um, I loved both um, Happy Valley and uh, Line of Duty. Yes. I think um, their Sally Wainwright and Jed McCurry are just amazing um, drama voices yeah. and um, just cannot wait to see where both those stories go. Um, particularly love um, uh, some of the current crop of female um, sort of drama and comedy writers really interested in the sort of idea of the female gaze and how that can take yeah. you to different types of stories. So. Yeah. Um, I uh, really loved girls on that front and um, um, enjoying uh, motherhood and love catastrophe. So yes. great to see um, some amazing 
hugely talented women uh, doing their thing on British TV as well. Oh, what a lovely note to end on. Mm. Um, so thanks so much for um, being on the podcast, um, Kate. <laughs>